You open your eyes, slowly. Twilight. Where are you? Then you remember. You fell asleep in the tent. On your left, a lake, a waterfall. To your right, an empty church. Below you, a harbor, fishing stages, and the ocean. Last Summer in Grand Brit, a feature by Yuzhi Slavosinski. Barren, rocky terrain, no trees. People cut them down long ago to build houses and fishing boats. You can only get here by boat. The same today as it was a hundred years ago. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can count seven lights in the dusk. Home generators and propane gas cylinders provide light for seven small houses in the community. There are wires to the houses, but the power was taken away weeks ago. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Enter. <laughs> They've come back to see their homes one more time. Old neighbors sitting in a circle. Drinking beer. Eating ham and potato salad. Birthday, Joe. He has started his new life in Bergio. His neighbors have moved to Porta Basque, Rose Blanche, and other places along the shore. But right now, everyone is together. the isolation. I like the no vehicles and stuff. It, it just gave you a, um, a sense of freedom. Peaceful, quiet people. It's nice. It's home. I was welcome. 
we can't make a living here. That's why there's, this place is closing down now, right? That's why this place is closing down now. I mean, all the kids used to leave, and I don't know, they get out and see what else is out there. And, you know, they don't come back, right? Because, well, this is a fishing community. And uh, there's no fish now like there was years ago, right? On the cupboard door, take anything you want. It's all free now. We'd appreciate you leaving the cabin itself in good shape. We may be back someday. Best wishes and good health, the Jensen's. Uh, they were the last owners. So now she's emptied out. Um, I guess it used to be two bedrooms. Uh, they sold some of the things that are here. Like I think some of the beds and stuff went. You know, people wanted to buy them. And and people have come in and taken a few things as well, if they want it. It doesn't really look like that somebody was here a short while ago, that's for sure. It looks uh, it's been abandoned for years. But I guess it doesn't take much. See old pictures on the walls and things that people didn't want left behind, old blankets and old dressers and old armchair and the shelving unit, a few lamps. The oil stove is still here and electric stove and fridge. Cupboards, a few dishes and things left around. That's about it. Curtains. I shouldn't have closed the fridge. but save it from getting worse. <laughs> the party is over. Only a few boats still moored in the harbor. Some houses are padlocked. Some have boards nailed over their doors and windows. At the red house by the church, freshly washed clothes hang on a line. Cooking smells from the kitchen. Do you like fish? Okay. A lot of bones in it. <laughs> this is Sheila. Codhead stew it's going to be. That's an old tradition in Grand Bray. And Jerry. This is carrot and turtle. Diced up carrot and turtle. We had fish many, many ways. Fish and brews, stewed fish, fried fish, deep fried fish, caught a gratin. <laughs> tongues and cheeks. Cheeks and tongues. Mm. It was always cooked a different way, so, <laughs> so it always tasted different every time you cooked it. And then we had a dry fish. We hated dry fish as kids. We hated it. We didn't like dry old fish. We don't want that. 
then mum would make fish cakes and we couldn't get enough. <laughs> we wouldn't eat the dry fish, but we couldn't get enough fish cakes. I was on a ship and we left Halifax that morning. I went on watch and the mate said, you were drinking last night? I said, no. He said, you were. He said, you got tattoos on your arm. But, you know, I had got two tattoos and that was it. That made me a sailor then. <laughs> oh, this one here is across memories of my mother and father. And this one, I don't know, uh, it's a ship sinking, sailor's grave or something like that. So, uh, all sailors had these. This one was put on with the, oh, this one was put on with uh, a needle a guy on the ship put it on. This one here. Ah, you're young and foolish. Didn't know any better. But I see a lot of people, educated people with them on today, or supposed to be educated. A lot of the entertainers. I don't even know what's on there now. I don't even know they're there. <laughs> Didn't get my clothes all dry today. Had to hang it all around the house. Because I have no dryer now. Because <laughs> the generator won't run the dryer. Because the dryer is 210. And our generator is 110. Is it, Jerry? 220. 220. Yeah, sorry. This used to be her father's, the house on the hill. She grew up here, went away to work. But every summer since, she has come back. We want to be here on a moonlight night when it blustens off the water. It's really beautiful. I sit in my bedroom and I just <laughs> stare at the water <laughs> and think, oh my, <laughs> why did I ever leave? <laughs> but I was too young, no name difference. We would have had to leave now anyway, so it doesn't make any difference, does it? Do you want to say anything or just start playing? You can, you can just start. Okay. On a hill overlooking the harbor Where the water flows down to the sea Stands a church in all of its beauty With a welcome for you and me Such peace and tranquility just to walk upon the road and listen to her people as the news of the world is told. You'll always find a welcome, her greeting you won't forget. That little part of heaven, the tiny town. My name is Bernie Sheaves. I am from Fort Abbas, Newfoundland. I have been involved with music for 45 years. I write my own material. I've uh, been playing Newfoundland music, we call it, and country, and a bit of rock and roll for all these years. But since 2003, I've been doing my own CDs. 
and we're up to date. I am still playing and doing CDs. I uh, wrote the song. I spent all night getting a chorus for that song because I wanted a chorus to fit Grand Brit, you know, the way the people were, you know, that little part of Evan piece in the song. And, you know, I just couldn't get it. But around 5.30 that morning, I got it. So the song is sung in D. It was a happy song. It's sad what happened, but it was a happy song. that I, I sing this song almost everywhere I go. And, you know, they call it the Grand Brit song. And I, would, I was a joy to write it. It was, yes. When I was a small boy, I remember laying in bed counting them, and there was 250 people here, you know. Me and some other friends, we used to count them as 250. It was a lot of, a lot of children here at that, that time, and uh, uh, had a lot of good friends, but uh, they moved away after me, and a lot of them have passed on now in the last few years. But, yeah, there was a lot of people, a lot of people here then. It started to go down in the, in the 50s. It started to go down. Well, you see, most of us had to go away to make a living. If you didn't want to go fishing, you had to go away to make a living. So most of us went to different cities and towns. After I got to 17, 18, I went to Halifax and I joined the ship. While I was on the ship, I met a bunch, some of the fellows from here in my hometown here. We were going on vacation and they said, well, why don't you come home and have a look at it? So I did come and that's when I met my wife. I remember he came down on a boat and he was a handsome looking guy, really handsome looking. <laughs> I was over the store and I was coming over the road and I saw this nice looking girl come along the road and I said, oh my God. And she spoke to me and that night was dark out. We met one another, walking back and forth, but that's about as far as it went then. <laughs> he had a, a checkered jacket on, a light checkered jacket and a pair of khaki pants. And he had blonde, blonde hair, blonde, blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he was a handsome-looking dude, let me tell you. <laughs> she was wearing a white, uh, a white uh, blouse and a sort of a flower uh, dress, but it was a long one then. It was no mini dresses at that time. We sat on a church bridge there and talked, and that's how we ended up together anyway. We've been together for 51 years, so we must have done something good. can sit on the church bridge and count them. Three houses now, their lights glowing against the darkness. At nighttime now in Grand Brit, we have no lights on the poles. It is very beautiful. I can sit in my kitchen window and look out at the arbor, as we call it, all the stars. And then when you go out on your patio, you can really see the shooting stars and the stars and the moon. 
and it is so beautiful and it's so great to be home. Then the lights go off and the stars go on. In the air you smell salt and fish. Sunrise, clear sky. Beautiful this morning. This is the kind of weather everybody likes to be a sailor. The sea underneath you is quiet like a bathtub. Blue, gray, dark blue, green. The water changes color every time you look at it. Nice one. <laughs> now I gotta get one. Jerry and Wayne are hauling their fishing lines. I lost mine. But where are the fish, Jerry? The reason why there's no fish, well, they're overfished and destroyed by big trawlers, foreign trawlers, different things, and the food chain is even gone. The capelin, the heron, the mackerel is not all gone, but they're pretty scarce. Not very much left. And uh, no, there's no fish in them. What fish you do get, they're small ones. One time you could come out here and uh, within an hour or so you could, you know, whatever your limit was. There was no limit at that time, but uh, you could come out here and get what you wanted, but that is a thing of the past. Hallelujah. One time there were millions of them, but now. One. One, two. One, two, three, four, Eight, nine, nine, ten. Eleven. Four more now for you. Now, you are allowed to get fifteen fish per boat.
need a boat to survive there. That's that's our biggest problem. To get from Grand Brit to La Poil, you have to have a boat, or you have to know somebody that's got a boat and is willing to take you when you want to go. Well, you usually have to wait for a nice day to uh, go from Grand Brit to La Poil because the waves can be really high. What else do you need to survive? Oh, to come back here now, we have to bring all our supplies that we need. Milk, juice, frozen meats, canned food, bread, which I can make bread, and I have a, a wood stove, so I make my own bread, and I can also cook a chicken in my stove. The rest I can cook on a hot plate or whatever, whatever. But I am very lucky to have a wood stove that I can bake in, because I love to bake. So. We went to Grand Britain not really knowing what to expect. When we got there, on the wharf, that's where we set our equipment up, and we started playing at 9 o'clock. And let me tell you, I have played in many of the places. I think that was one of the finest nights I ever played in my life. The people were just overwhelmed. They weren't strangers. They were just friends you just met. They were perfect people. Man, it was so peaceful just running out of the country and the picture of the church there. And there's no roads there, like I do say in my song. It's just concrete walk. And uh, all down there is trikes and, you know, to use bicycles and skidoos. And, you know, I said, if ever was a song, you know, to be written about Grand Brit, it had to be now. Not knowing how quick the demise of the settlement would be. In the church, they had, in the school, they had a banner up there. I wrote a little piece of it, and I think they had a little part of it. And that kind of gave me a boost, like the foundation for the song with the church. And I wrote the song that following winter, and I recorded it the following summer. And I have had nothing, only good response. Everywhere I go, people ask me to sing. They don't call it Little Piece of Evan. They call it the Grand Brit song. Oh, my God. See the old organ there? That's the pump organ they used to play. I think there was only one person could play it, though. <laughs> we had to come here every Sunday. There was a minister, and uh, the older people used to really sing. And uh, we weren't allowed to laugh in church, but we did sometimes <laughs> as kids, you know. <clears throat> it's empty now. It's really empty. Weird now as to what it was. Even last summer when I was home. We had pews and everybody owned their own pew, the seat. And mine was right right there. Our pew was like from here to here. So like mom, daddy, and me and the two boys, we would all sit together in the same pew like that. Everybody had their own pew, so you always went to your own pew like 
in the church. Anyway, these days are gone. Does it still feel like church for you? Not really. No, it doesn't. It doesn't even look like a church to me now. <laughs> to me, it is uh, a Newfoundland folk song. That's what it is to me. You know, it's a, it's a nice song. It's a powerful song. And to know that all that now is left behind, the only people left behind now are the people in the graveyard, you know. And it, it's a Newfoundland folk song. An old-fashioned waltz is, is the type of beat we use. And uh, a lot of people, i got to say this, is a nice evening dancing song. It is. And how old is the song? The song is, uh, it is five, six years old now. Six years old. I've done it in 2004. find my mom and daddy first. I have two grandmothers there, two grandfathers, which I never knew because they both got drowned the same day. Ooh, man, this is, this is weird. <laughs> Jerry's mom. We're going to put a a light on her on her grave. We'll come over and uh, we'll come over with a whippersnapper or something, and we'll take all the grass away from it and and put the light there. My daddy planted these flowers there but they're all grown up now. They're sort of scraggly looking now. I don't know where I, I wonder I like to <laughs> I like to put that light up somewhere that you can really see. I don't know if you can see it in no. It better over there if I put it there, ugly. The light, do you think? Jerry told me not to push on this. There. But it lights up at night because we can see it from the house. <coughs> so I guess that, that people will come here to keep up the graves? Well, well, I don't think because they're. I mean, last year when you came over, there was none of this. Everything was just all grass. It's really gone now. I, I don't think anybody's going to look after it. Maybe when people come, they will do their own. Like if they got a haunt or a hunk or mommy or daddy, they might do their graves. But everybody used to get together. Everybody from the community would come over. And, you know, we would mow it all down. Everybody had a lawnmower over there, so so many lawnmowers and so many 
whippersnappers and it was really kicked good but I guess it's not going to now. Shame, isn't it? But you, you will keep coming. Oh yeah, I will keep coming <laughs> as long as I can. <laughs> as long as I can, I'll be coming. And so will Jerry. <laughs> you gotta watch where you're going because there's so many holes, lumps and bumps. At the time we went there, there were only three students in the school at the time. That was just uh, six years ago. And I guess, you know, the cost of uh, the transportation from Rosemount to Grand Britain, I guess the government figured, and the power, and the place getting smaller by the day, the government figured it's better to resettle than to try to pay all the money to keep them there. I was told one time there were three or four stores there and two big hardware stores. And when it closed up, there was no store. And when we went there to play on six years ago, there was uh, two stores at that time. And they all, they all just went. I guess it's the sign of the times, I guess. old church organ. Nobody would mind if you try it. Oh. Why, Jesus loves me. <laughs> I love coffee, I love tea. <laughs> well, I guess you can get something out of it. You've been listening to Last Summer in Grand Brit, a radio feature by Jerzy Slavisinski. Grand Brit, on Newfoundland's south coast, was first settled in the early 19th century. In 2009, the vast majority of its permanent residents voted to leave. The material for the feature was recorded in August 2010, one month after the community was resettled. The program was produced by Battery Radio in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada, with consultant Chris Brooks.